Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you, but grow up, it is. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. That's www.wickedwitchstudioswithaness.com. And without further ado, my guest tonight is a wonderful person, and I am going to introduce them tonight right now. So welcome with me, the amazing Tamsin Davis Langley, who writes and speaks under the nom de plume of Misha Magdalene, who is a writer, blogger, and author of the book, Outside the Charm Circle. Hello, my darling. Hello, Raina. How are you? Honey, oh, my God. I'm so tired. <laughs> this pandemic has my ass whooped, whooped. I'm uh, serious. You, me, and all of us. No, for real. Um, that That is a yeah. whole lot of realness, and I, I – I am there on the struggle bus with you. So, yeah. It's uh, bad. It's bad. Now, I will be very honest with you. I am a stress eater already. Like, I have always mm-hmm. been a stress, a stress eater. I never really thought anything about it. You know, mental health is something that a lot of people just don't pay attention to in themselves. And there's a lot of things that have come out since the pandemic. A lot of us are really struggling. And I actually started um, speaking with a therapist just this week. And um, they, yeah, and they've determined actually that I have not ADHD, but ADD. I have attention deficit disorder. And here's what they said as far as that relating to my stress eating, because I said, listen, I know I have a task to do, and I know other people are relating to what I'm about to say. I'm going to smack down some truth. Some of us bitches have been eating, okay? We've been eating our feelings, your feelings, (laughs) everybody's feelings. And, you know, the quarantine 15 was a cute little thing to say in the first year. Um, but we are now entering year three, and That's quite right. frankly, um, my quarantine 15 wound up a quarterback 40, all right? Truth being told yeah. right yeah. now. So, so I said, what the fuck is wrong with my ass? I know better than this, but it is, it is a nervous thing. It is a stress-filled thing, and honey, if it wasn't nailed down, I'm just saying – I was tasting it. 
So they said you to know, me, listen, yeah. when you are distra- – they said to me that because I'm distracted and I'm procrastinating, truth, um, and I'm agitated, truth, and worried mm-hmm. about the future, truth, to comfort myself, I've been using food. So they put me on Wellbutrin, and uh-huh. I said, okay, we'll give – we will give this a try. All of a sudden, I know that I'm full, and I stop eating. I'm like, this is a miracle. Nice. <laughs> so I've been lucky. What about you? What have you been dealing with? <laughs> um, well, like all of us, I have been uh, living through the mass trauma event that is the global mm-hmm. pandemic that we are now entering year three of. Um, mm-hmm. I've been living with the utter collapse of my faith in my fellow human beings and their ability to do uh, what is, in all honesty and reality, let's admit it, a set of really simple, easy things that if we had had all done them back in, say, you know, March or April of 2020, or even March or April of 2021, mm-hmm. we would not mm-hmm. be entering year three of a goddamn pandemic. You know, yeah. it's, it's like you it's had true. one job. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I seriously just want to kind of grab the entire United States by the shoulders and shake it and say, you had one job, people, one job, and that is to abide by the fundamental basics of the social contract. You know, Mm -hmm. wash your damn hands, wear a mask in public, avoid going out in public Mm -hmm. if you can, Mm -hmm. and get a goddamn vaccine. I... I didn't have the time of day for anti-vaxxers before the pandemic. Now, I I am not even able to be civil to an anti-vaxxer anymore. Like before, I was just like, oh, okay, you're a rat licker. Got it. I'm going to go over here now. Uh, Now, (laughs) I'm just not nice anymore. I'm like, I see people out in public and I'm like, wear a fucking mask. What's wrong with you? You know, I have to yeah, fly about not once to a month. This, right, but not to confuse this with, yeah. with folks who legitimately cannot get vaccinated. I just want to make oh, it absolutely. clear that absolutely. we're not talking about that. No, no, no. But we are talking no, I have about friends, the willfully stupid. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have friends who are unable to get vaccines because vaccine in question is medically contraindicated. This is an right. entirely That's different right. thing from people who are like, well, I don't know what's in the vaccine and my freedom and blah, blah, And I'm like, listen to me, uh-huh. Jimothy. You don't know what's in your goddamn TV remote. <laughs> but you're going to wave that around like it was your dick. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Don't talk to me about I don't know what's it's- in my vaccine. It's like you don't know what's in the light beer you're drinking either. But That's true. But, yeah. So, so, like everyone, I am struggling with entering year three of the pandemic. Um, I, mm-hmm. uh, I fly once a month uh, to and from California. 
So uh, wow. I've got a plane flight coming up this weekend, and I'm super not at all stressed and freaking out on a low-key level about that, let me tell you. You know, um, walking walking through airports and seeing people still having their masks down below their nose, I'm, I, I, I just can't anymore. I'm like, it's 2022. You know how to wear a mask. At this point, you're just being an asshole. Uh, I agree. I, I ha- okay, so i got to tell you this. So I had a friend that I work with, and he spent last summer fighting with me this past July, just fighting with me every day about what's the long-range effects, okay? Now, P.S., he neglected to say that his wife and kids had already been vaccinated, and I'm like, listen, if your little girl got the vaccination and your wife got the vaccination, if something tragic, God forbid, were to happen, you know your happy ass would want to be with them anyway. So get the I mean, and I, this is somebody I've been friends with for almost 17 years, and I screamed my head off to a point where I thought he was never going to speak to me again. Come to find out, he gets vaccinated in the fall, this past fall. He finally relented and got it because the company was making noises about, well, you know, we're, we're moving towards a mandate, blah, 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 blah. We want everyone vaccinated. Of course, my happy ass had already had the booster before they started screaming about this shit. So anyway, uh-huh. so he finally he gets his shot. He gets his secondary. He's laid out. He's not feeling good. Okay. Tuesday, we find out this fucker got the Omicron, and he's like, Babe, I don't feel good. I'm like, you'd feel a lot worse on a ventilator, bitch. And he's like, I'm glad you talked me into it. His own wife couldn't talk him into it, but my bitch ass did. Thank you. I, thank you. I seriously <laughs> thank you for doing that. Uh, not because I know this person or you know have any investment in them, but because every person that we can convince to do the obvious thing they need to do yep. is maybe yep. one more person that their stupid ass isn't going to get sick and maybe kill. Right. Um, maybe it's one more family yeah. that doesn't lose a dad or a husband uh, or a breadwinner of the family. But here's what, here's the other side of that coin. Another person I work with now out of all the people I work with, Half of them are good old Republican GOP boys. You know the type I'm talking about. I you know, real so they call their fathers daddy. Okay, um, yeah. So I, I think stuff you mean like that. daddy. Yeah, yeah. It's my daddy. Yeah, daddy. It's my daddy. Yeah. Exactly right. So okay, so these are the folks I work with. And they are, they're going to own the libs no matter what. We're going to own them, you Yankee, you Yankee, because I'm a Yankee. You Yankee, you don't know this and that. And I'm like, you've got little children. Get the vaccine so you don't die. And maybe they get to keep their father. But this one friggin' guy refuses. 
He would rather be dipped in shit and tied to a tree for a week before he would do something like get a vaccine because a Democrat asked him to. That is well, his only yeah, reason. They, uh, my freedom, my freedom. I was like, bitch, you think you're free? Don't pay your fucking taxes and tell me how free your ass is. <laughs> well, and the, it, it's yeah, if if they admit that the libs have a point, dick might fall off or something. I don't know. You know, the, the, it, it, the, here's the problem. We didn't politicize the vaccine. Trump did. Nope. And then Trump yep. turned around and said to these people, well, you should get the shot. And they booed him. And he's like, no, it's your right to choose. Because he doesn't care about them. So, like, I I try to minimize the amount that I uh, – the amount of time that I spend talking about pumpkin spice Hitler, because <laughs> when I talk about Trump, it's really easy for me to start ranting and screaming and throwing things. And, and I, I feel like that just really doesn't, um, uh, it, it, it doesn't lend itself to my arguments carrying the, the full weight and gravitas that I feel they should, you know, when I'm just going, what the fuck were people thinking? You know, that, that, that's not I know. helpful. With that said, well, um, yeah, I, I, used to Go have ahead. A friend, I used to have a friend who was very much of the, you know, uh, he, he very much wanted to present himself as being of the kind of Southern good old boy background. Uh, that's not actually uh-huh. his background, but that's a whole another situation. Um, this gotcha. friend, you know, was making a steady progressive march into evangelical Christian white masculinity. Uh, you know, uh, most recently he's become a Proud Boys fanboy, which is oh, the most pathetic thing oh. I can imagine at the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. But he he voted for Trump. And I contacted him like after the 2016 election. And I was just like, uh-huh. so did you vote for this asshole? And he was like, uh, well, I'm, I was like, you did, didn't you? He was like, well, yeah, because, you know, blah, and we won and da, da, da. And I just went, okay, we're done. You have literally yeah. voted for people like me to die. We're done. Uh-huh. Goodbye. Uh-huh. And yep. that and that was, you know, and and he, you know, raved and posted nasty things on Facebook and had his little his little freak out and and I every time that I see or hear about people supporting Trump, you know, or you know, looking at him and being like, well, you know, he was our guy and now he's like, you know, He's, he's saying things that we don't like anymore because he's, you know, saying you can get the vaccine and blah, blah, you know. Whenever I think about those people, I'm reminded of mm-hmm. this former friend of mine that I wound up, uh, you know, putting in the airlock and hitting the big red button to open the door to space. Um, okay, but Dan, and, Tamsin, Tamsin, yeah. wait. Tamsin, yeah, yeah. Tamsin, 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 yeah. wait. Okay, so, but you also in that group have to put the people – who didn't want to vote for Hillary because, for whatever reason, they didn't 
like her. Oh yeah, those, these were pe- those people. These exist were people too, who were and right. These, yes, these were people that were supposedly on our side, but were convinced through the Russian propaganda machine that she was some somehow a horrible person. And when I asked my friend, because I it also cost me uh, a fifteen year relationship. Um, you know, it it was like, well, what don't you like about her? Well, I don't know. I just don't like her. That's not a fucking answer. If you are listening no, that's to not bullshit blogs, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It just, so, it, to me, that's so, just as bad, if not worse. So, I mean, you know, understand, in talking with me, you're talking to a queer trans leftist who is like, well, I don't like Hillary Clinton because I think that she's another goddamn corporate liberal, uh, you know, just like all of the other corporate liberals that make up the vast majority of the politicians in the Democratic Party. And, you know, people were like, well, but what about Obama? And I'm like, okay, we can talk about the failings of the Obama administration over eight years. Um, You know, I am more than happy to speak critically of Democrats and liberals Sure. with the understanding that I will vote for Hillary Clinton in any election before I am ever stupid enough to vote for Donald Trump or any of the other knuckle-dragging thumbfuckers that the Republican Party is putting forward like, you know, Ted Cruz or whomever. Like, seriously? <laughs> you know, we, 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 can have, we can have an actual conversation about the flaws and failings of the modern, Democrat, the, the modern Democratic Party, but that's a bit of a different issue than talking about the literal neo-Nazis and neo-Confederates of the Republican exactly. Party. Like, these are exactly. people exactly. who are literally, right now, as we speak, drafting bills to make giving health care to trans kids a felony offense. They are looking wow. at going after, in Utah, they are looking at going after doctors who provide any kind of gender specific like trans specific uh medical care to trans kids and people were like well children are too young to know if they're transgender i'm like well okay are they too young to know if they're cisgender? really that's like saying yeah, right? well, kids are I too mean, young to know you if know? they're gay i'm exactly I, you know it's like, i'm sorry if they're too young they to know, know if they're gay they're... Yeah. yeah right if they're too I young mean, to know if they're gay know. they're too young to know if they're straight i do I do, and exactly. I, exactly. I get into these arguments with people on very rare occasion. I try really hard not to get into these arguments because uh, people aren't going to change their minds. What they are going to do is double down on bigotry and hatred and misinformation. Yeah. And, yep. and the reality is that I literally do not get paid to have those arguments. And anymore, mm-hmm. if I am not getting paid to do it, why am I wasting time on it? 
And that sounds really crass and materialistic and whatever, but it's like, you know, I'm sorry. I need to eat. I need to, you know, my partner and I need to make house payments and keep the lights on and food on the table. And sure. And having arguments with people on the internet or elsewhere who do not argue in good faith right doesn't do anything good or useful or or you know it doesn't make the world a better place for me to get into an argument with somebody about whether or not i have human rights whether or not mm-hmm. uh you know people like me should have a right to like exist in public spaces and uh-huh. what the, what i love about that is you know people are like nobody's telling you you can't exist in public spaces. And I said, okay, if that's true, um, which bathroom do you want me to use? Because there are only two options in most places. And my choices are Mm -hmm. basically either get hate crimed or get, you know, yelled at. Mm -hmm. Um, And neither of them is a great option. So, uh, you know, if I'm not allowed to use public restrooms or I am expected as you know, being who and what I am to use uh, the restroom that corresponds with the gender I was assigned at birth, um, uh-huh. you know, that, that is tantamount to saying don't be trans or don't be in public. And I'm like, Which okay, first of all, well, people think that being transgender is a choice. No. You know, they would never say being gay is a choice because, uh, well, because the social tide has turned against that, just like the social tide has turned against saying really horrible racist things, though, you know, people still Mm -hmm. get away with doing that. The tide has turned Mm -hmm. against saying really horrible sexist things, though people do still get away with doing that or get away with yes, they do. the wrong, yeah, you know, but, and, and, well, no, actually I think get away with is appropriate because people do say really horrible, racist, sexist shit and yep. they're not sufficiently shamed in public. They are not exactly. held out of public life. People want to talk about, Oh, cancel culture, cancel culture. I'm like, fuck you. There is no cancel culture. If cancel culture were real, Dave Chappelle would not be running around with the largest megaphone in our culture, screeching and whining and crying about how he's been canceled for making jokes about trans people. I'm like, okay, first of all, you should have been canceled because your jokes aren't fucking funny, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, The fact of the matter is, He's not been canceled. He's been told that he's shitty. And he's been told that maybe being shitty is a bad thing to be and he should stop. That's not being canceled. That's being criticized. These people do not want... I think... It's like they're they're not afraid of being canceled. They're they're afraid of being criticized. And, it's, it's, you know, and I, I've actually had people try and turn that argument around. I mean, it's like, well, you don't want to be criticized. I'm like, I'm sorry. 
uh, would you like to see uh, my criticisms and death threats folder in my inbox? Um, people will sometimes wow. ask, you know, people will sometimes ask uh, why I uh, haven't published anything recently, you know, under the nom de plume of Misha Magdalene. And there are a lot of reasons. I was working on uh, book two. Yeah, I was working on a follow-up to Outside the Charmed Circle. And uh-huh. uh, I stopped. And there are a few different reasons why that is so. Um, you know, nothing nothing nefarious or anything. It was part of it is just that I got to a certain point and realized I have things to say here, but I don't know that I am ready to say them to this audience at this time. Uh-huh. And That's fine. That's so, valid. Yeah. Yeah. And so I stopped and, you know, like my editor at Llewellyn, Heather Green, who is amazing and wonderful and I adore her to pieces. She is. Um, and everybody should run out and buy her book, Lights, Camera, Witchcraft, because it's uh-huh. about like one of my favorite things ever, witchcraft in the movies. Like I am uh-huh. so here for it. Um, but I know, I, we talked know, about Rosemary's that... Baby for like an hour. Oh, it was awesome. Yes, it's my favorite. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I wrote to Heather and was like, "Hey, um, so uh, I've I've hit bottom here. I don't have you know, like my creative energy with this book has hit rock bottom. I'm just I'm I I'm I'm out." And she said, that's okay. You know, do you want to, like, do you want us to, you know, press pause on this? Or do you want to call this an indefinite hiatus? And if the book comes back, the book comes back. And I said, let's do the latter. Um, okay. So I, 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 I've shelved the book. And not terribly long after that, I sunsetted the blog that I was writing at Patheos, the the you know, the catchily titled Outside the Charmed Circle blog at Papias. Right. And, yeah. part, and part of it was that I realized I was, it wasn't that I didn't have things to say. It's that I was running out of things that I wanted to say to the audience that was reading the blog. You know, specifically okay. a pagan pagan polytheist occultist audience and right part of what i was running out of if i am like completely honest was a mm-hmm. willingness to not, not just be criticized but uh be kicked around um accused of any number of well frankly horrible offenses uh you know getting death threats from people, having people uh, tell me that I am a race traitor, uh, having people tell me that I am sexist and misogynistic, but also that I'm, uh, oh, what was it, a degenerate feminist? Wow. You know, just, oh, Are yeah. Are these people yeah, that no. you, okay, so let me, I have some questions. I have some questions. Sure. So. Sure. 
are these people that actually know you as a person? Are these oh, no. assumptions that people are making? Be- I mean, are you being accused of being a gender traitor? Are you, are, I mean, people <laughs> are fucked. I mean, here's, here's the thing. I, you know, I've been involved in, in the trans community since the 70s because when right. I was in college, I fell in love with a trans boy. And his brother was also trans. I mean, they, the whole family was, you know, the, bro- the eldest brother was gay and the twins, they were twins, were trans. Mm-hmm. And it was not something we talked about in public ever. Never, ever, never, right. ever. In the 70s, you, oh, no. you no, are no, talking no. about people threatening us at school, people threatening us at home. We we couldn't uh-huh. be – it was so – I mean, it was such a problem all the time. And the yeah. idea that we are still having folks uh, be treated badly because of this, I know it's more accepted now than it was back in the 70s, but, oh, you know, we didn't have the Internet then, and we didn't have all the ways to get at people like we do now. And I don't think folks yeah, realize, yeah. people who are, are not involved in the community don't really, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be able to sympathize, um, but it's, it's, it's a very difficult life. At least it was for us. You know, it's funny. Um, I've seen people talk about, how hard being trans is. Oh, it must be so hard. You're so brave like that. You know, it's like, you know, isn't, isn't it hard to be trans? Like, no, no, it's not hard to be trans. Being trans is, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's, you know, you, you may as well ask me, is it hard to have brown hair? I mean, at the moment it's difficult right. for me to have brown hair because I just got my, uh, my, my color refreshed. I'm, you know, rocking a kind of uh, dark red right now. I love it. But, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's not hard to have brown hair or green eyes, both of which I have, thank you. Right. Um, it's not hard to be trans. And point of fact, it's kind of awesome. What's hard? Being trans in this society, in this culture, mm-hmm. at this moment in history. Yeah. And knowing that it is easier now in many ways than it ever has been Mm -hmm. is both reassuring and depressing. Sure, absolutely. um, Yeah, because it's like, you know, I have friends and family members who were trans in the 70s in the 80s, in the 90s. And I'm just like, first of all, you know, goddamn, show some respect because those people went through hell and back. You know, the ones ones who made it. Um, Yep. But it's also like 2022, why are we still fighting the same fight? Uh, I have said, and I've seen many other people say the same thing, transphobia in the 20s, the, the, the new 20s, uh, transphobia today uh-huh. is just 80s homophobia 
repurposed, repackaged with a new paint job. That is all it is. Wow. They haven't even changed a lot of – they haven't even changed the bullshit that they accuse people of. It's just got a different target now. Holy crap. You know, I didn't look even the think about people, that. Well, think about what people used to say about gay and lesbian people in the 80s. The, you know, the stories that people would tell about predatory gays and lesbians coming for your children. It's the same <sighs> bullshit today about trans people. Oh, the, you know, they're trying to trans your children. They're trying to force your kids to take puberty blockers. Do you know what puberty blockers do? They're permanent and they do lasting damage. No, bullshit. They're not permanent. They don't do lasting damage. That is not what science says. That is not what doctors say. Quit believing shit you hear on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Quit mm-hmm. believing things that quit believing things that fucking turfs and other transphobes are telling you and look at the science, you know, I I swear. I, one of my uh, snapping points with certain segments of the pagan community has been people's refusal to embrace reality and update their uh, spiritual paradigm to incorporate what we actually know about how the world works today. You know, it's like, right, oh, well, right, science says right. blah, but my tradition says this. And so I'm going to continue on with my tradition, even though it is flying directly in the face of people's lived experiences, what science says about mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z. You know, and I just am like, so what you're saying is that you would rather believe a lie than incorporate the truth and change how you think or believe or practice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I yell about this all the time. Any practice that refuses to grow will die. Any practice that refuses, I mean, we're all living based on the best information available, and we need to understand, and this is another sticking point with people who refuse to get the vaccine, well, they keep changing it. No, new information keeps showing up and and is now available, therefore, you have to adjust in reaction to new information being available. It is because that's how pretty science simple works, question. Chad. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. science works, you know. Uh, yep. You know, five hundred years ago, we believed that if you engaged in these alchemical experiments, you would turn lead into gold. And right. we don't believe that anymore. But doing no. those experiments <laughs> is what got us from you know, the 1500s to today. Yeah, exactly. Science, experimentation, research, you know, these things change our understandings of the physical and the mental and emotional worlds. You know, things change over time. That's how science works. 
Uh, right, and but that's how religious practice should work as well. See, the whole thing is, I mean, I don't know, I currently don't know any Jewish women who don't bathe when they have their periods. I mean, truth be told, they were told not to because it was a health concern. You didn't want blood in the same water people were bathing or drinking. So, okay, you know, but we, we have modern things now, and it's not a concern anymore, and you know, you can bathe. It's not a problem. And if you want to have sex with somebody, go ahead, as long as you're both amenable. It's not a quote-unquote sin. All things have to evolve with time and culture. And when you learn more, yep. listen, when you know better, you do better. That's it. And we uh-huh. all have to do better in our practice. Listen, I was, I was brought up as a, a fucking gardenerian, or as my mentor would say, a gardenia, because we really didn't hold that tight <laughs> to the original tenets of gardenerianism. I mean, it was basic, you know, European witchcraft that was, had just come over from England when I was starting up in the early, early 70s. I mean, it was mm-hmm. new to this country. You know, I mean, people forget how new witchcraft in that form is. It's pretty fucking new. But okay, whatever. It, you just got to grow and change. I, You know, it's. I understand that my... Uh, when you say Gardnerian, a lot of people feel like, oh, that's, you know, the old grand old party of witchcraft. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> you're painting with a pretty broad brush. We're not oh, all uh, fucking... Raina, what, darling? Uh, yeah, tr- try, to, uh, try to imagine people's reaction when I tell them that, when I explain to them that um, actually I am a Gardnerian third. I am a third uh-huh. degree gardenarian and just watch uh-huh. people kind of look at me and you can see the little wheels spinning behind their eyes and they just kind of go, like, I, uh, how? Uh-huh. Like, well, you know, the usual way, but, but, but you're, 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 you know, basically they're trying to say, but you're you, but you're not my image of what a gardenerian is supposed to be. And I'm like, well, that's because exactly. your image of what a gardenerian is and is supposed to be is not actually based in reality. Or, you know, it's based in right. your experience of one or two or five people. The gardenerian right. craft is right. huge, uh, you know, comparatively yes, speaking. Uh, you know, there yes, is an is. awful lot of people who don't look or sound or act like your particular model of, you know, your, your misconception of who gardenarians are like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, I know queer tattooed trans gardenarians. We're out there. I just realized oh, there's yeah. a thing that, yeah, I, yeah, I'm queer tattooed trans gardenarian. So yeah, we're out here. Um, and yeah. I'm not going to say that there aren't challenges there because that would be a lie. <laughs> sure. But, um, well, and, you know, there are quite certainly gardenarians who would just assume I were not part of the tradition. But they can't kick mm-hmm. me out. So, and nor should um, they. And it's like that in any group. To be honest with you, you are always going to have a sector 
whether it's paganism, witchcraft, uh, the mundane world, oh, yeah. whatever it is, you're always going to have yeah, that absolutely. section of people, you know, people that you think are supposed to be on your side because we're all suffering a certain amount of bullshit because of what we believe. You would think you could find commonality and at least something of an ally. I have been so fucking disappointed over the last 10 years by a lot of the things I've witnessed from, from pagans, not necessarily Gardnerians. There are other um, pagan groups that I'm like, wow, I thought we had some bad old shit still hanging on. Y'all got some more shit than we do. Although it's not a comparative. Again, and I say this to everybody who challenges me because I'm Gardnerian, and I admit I'm Gardnerian, and I'm not afraid to say I'm Wiccan. The fact of the matter is, when you have more information, you grow and change, and a practice that does not grow and change is doomed to die. Period. End of story. And I'm not ready to die yet. So thanks. <laughs> I mean, you you wouldn't think those would be controversial statements. And yet. But they are. And and yet here we are. Yeah. And here we are. Well, it, Let me ask you a question, Tamsin. I want to ask you a question. Do you think... And it's possible that I am just piling on because I hated Trump so much, but I have to believe that there is a certain amount of people feeling like they are absolutely free to say whatever is on their mind, whenever it's on their mind, without caring about who they are hurting. Do you think that a part of this um, – really shit behavior was because Trump was encouraging shit behavior just in general by people? Oh, absolutely. No question. Um, when you have the chief executive of the country, you know, uh, modeling the worst imaginable behavior, when you have the chief mm-hmm. executive of the country being somebody who, to, you know, to borrow a quote, will grab women by the pussy. When you have mm-hmm. the chief executive of the country calling literal neo-Nazis and mm-hmm. neo-Confederates and white supremacists fine people mm-hmm. and telling them, it's okay, we love you. Stop making so much, you know, violent noise, but, you know, we, we, we love you. Go home now. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. These people, these people understood what was being said. And part of it is Trump was saying a lot of the quiet parts out loud. Um, yep. But they were being told, he's your guy. He's on your side. He, he will take care of you. He's, you know, going to make it okay to be racist again and to be sexist again, and to smear the queers again. And mm-hmm. we are seeing the lasting damage of that mentality at work now in our culture. We're going to be undoing that damage for 20 years, at least. Oh, yeah. Um, I won't, I won't we are, see the end of it for sure. I, I yeah, guarantee we're seeing it. that damage on the I, Supreme Court now. Yeah. Yep. 
I, it, it, and it, it, it is, it enrages me because the people who were like, well, there's no difference between Trump and Hillary. Um, had, <laughs> the, the way I phrase it is that they, they lack imagination. Uh huh. That's because, a nice way to put it. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I I try to find the nice ways of putting things because not everybody is quite ready for the strong meat of discourse where I say things like they were fucking idiots who had their heads crammed so far up their own asses they could see daylight again. Wow. Um, but you know, these are people who weren't thinking strategically they were not thinking about the long game they were not thinking oh hey what if this psychopath actually gets to appoint supreme court justices who don't have term Listen, limits who are going to be we, there we, for fucking ever we said but we said this to them we did i'm sorry i did oh yeah i no, have we did i have shows yeah. devoted i have shows devoted monthly to politics. Specifically, I do two shows yeah. every month about politics and law and how we are fucked by this whole situation. And people still didn't listen. And one of the most horrifying things I learned was just how many Wiccans were Republicans. It shocked me. Oh, yeah. It shocked me. Because class solidarity trumps, pardon the term, everything. And wow. by class solidarity, I, I'm <laughs> sorry, you're, you're scratching my, like, Kempson is a big old leftist itch here. Um, by class solidarity, That's okay by uh, me. I mean, specifically, <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, this is, um, well, Let's, let's come right out and say it. This is white people siding with other white people who they feel are like them. So, you know, white, mm-hmm. cisgender, generally heterosexual, not always, but generally, um, uh-huh. you know, from a certain socioeconomic bracket, uh, you know, so not super poor, uh, super rich either, because the super rich are their own little category. But, you uh-huh. know, these are people who have some amount of education and are looking at this and going, well, you know, the people I am like, and the people who are like me, the people who I can see myself as being in relation to are going over and voting for this guy. So I'm going to do that, too, because that is where my interests lie, and I'm going to just you know, keep my personal life to myself. So the fact that once a month and better it be on the nearest free weekend, I like to get naked and run around with other naked people doing, you know, spooky witchy stuff. Uh, that That's not as, yep. that's not as important in the long run as how much am I going to pay in taxes and what are the prices at the gas pump going to be? And <sighs> I like the nice word that I use for those people is short-sighted. Those That's are the very people nice. where I say, you lack imagination. You were not thinking strategically. You were not thinking long-term. 
you were thinking, well, you were thinking from a really racist standpoint. You were thinking from a really uh, insular Selfish. standpoint. Selfish, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But th- that's what I mean when I say that class solidarity trumps everything else. You know, these are not people who want to be put in the same bucket as the black and brown people. They don't want to be put in the same bucket as the queers and the trans folks. Um, you know, they, they don't see them, they don't see their interests as being aligned with all of these outsiders, quote unquote. And yeah, and so yeah, we are. So we are now living in the world that Trump and Trumpism have wrought. We are living in mm-hmm. a world where Roe v. Wade, which was settled law, is now on the chopping yep. block. We are living in a world yep. where Utah can pass a bill. Uh, threatening doctors for treating trans kids, which means, by the way, for people who are wondering, well, like, what does that mean? It means that there are going to be children killing themselves because they cannot get the treatment they need. Yep. And, you know, if people are hearing that and feeling a little chill go up their spine, good, you should. And if people are hearing that yeah. and saying, Tamsin or Misha or whatever your name is, that, that's crazy. That, that wouldn't actually happen. I envy you your Pollyanna-ish outlook on life, and I will encourage you to look up the statistics. Like, don't yeah. take my word for it. Like, you know, that's fine. Absolutely don't take my word for it. Look at the numbers. And while you're you at know, it, look at the study from the University of Washington that says mm-hmm. – um, that look at the study from the University of Washington that demonstrate if you have children who are expressing that they are transgender or gender nonconforming. If you have – you know, if you have a kid that you've raised as a little boy and they're coming to you and telling you they're actually a girl and – you allow them the space to explore that and be that, it actually turns out it's a lot healthier for them. They wind up happier. They wind up with much better outcomes. And I have to believe, I have to believe that most parents would rather have a living trans kid than a dead cis kid. I have to believe that. I'd like to believe that. I don't believe that. Well, here's the thing. <sighs> you have enough fundamentalist Christians that would tell you quite simply that they would rather that their child not be alive than to be trans or gay. I have known these people. I was raised around some of these people. My parents were Pentecost, both preachers. I have seen the worst sides of Christianity in that regard, and it is horrifying. These are terrible people. These are not people that love their God because their God is supposedly all about love, 
whether or not you understand someone or why that person is the way they are, you are supposed to love them and not judge them. And the level of judgment that I see from these so-called good Christians is blood-curdling. Plain and simple. Oh, yeah, no, I've, 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 seen, I've seen the bruises that Christian love has left on people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've seen people express that whole better dead than trans thing. And oh, yeah. it, it is utterly heartbreaking. And what's, what's especially heartbreaking is that, you know, it like, it makes me sad when I see, you know, on my Twitter feed or whatever, adult trans people who have, you know, come out at the age of 25 or something and their parents disown them. That makes me sad mm-hmm. because, yep. you know, nobody should be disowned by their parents. That's horrible. I know. It's seeing kids, you know, teenagers, tweens. I mean, in some cases, you know, kids in single digits who are coming to their parents and saying, uh, you know, like, you keep, you know, you've raised me as a girl, but I'm actually a boy. Well, no, you're not. And these kids are being shoved back into closets into boxes yep. and yep. and some of them suffocate in there and some of them die. And, yep. and I, I keep saying things like, you know, I want to believe that parents don't want that because the alternative yeah. is believing that there are people who are just that cruel and awful but I know that there are people who are just that cruel and awful and would rather their children were dead. And, and there's no way to save them all. And that is what utterly breaks my heart and leaves me, you know, flailing around going, what could we possibly do here? And other than continuing to talk about these things, continuing to let people know, um, hey, uh, trans people are human beings and, you know, trans people are human beings and we just want to live, you know, we just want to, like, I don't know, be able to use a restroom in peace. Um, Yeah. No, nobody is coming for your children. Yeah. You know, There's, we just want recruiting. your... People aren't recruiting. Relax. Seriously. Trans, Seriously. Folks, like, trans folks are not looking to increase their numbers, just like we pagans don't proselytize on street corners, because we're not Seriously. looking for your folks to, to come and join our numbers. We're perfectly happy with our small numbers. Now, if you're curious with a genuine interest, we're more than happy to help you out and guide you. Sure. Or at least totally. send you in the right direction. But we don't, you know, it's hilarious. We get treated, uh, you know, I, I'm not trans, but I'm, you know, obviously pagan. 
you know, but folks get treated like pariah, and we're not even the ones who are trying to drag your asses into our places of worship, and we're not trying to convert you. So we're perfectly happy with you leaving us alone and us leaving you alone. You have to seek us out. It is not the other way around. I wish people really understood that because they don't. And there's one other thing I'd like to mention. Not all children who experiment um, with dressing or being in uh, another gender's clothing, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be trans or straight or bi or whatever anyway, but stop abusing children for wanting to feel what they feel. Just simple shit. You are hurting your kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the the quote. No, no, no. I'm I'm with you on all of this. Um, the quote that I've seen again and again, and it's true, is that trans people don't want to turn your cis kids trans. We want your trans kids yeah. to live. That's all we yeah. want is for to make sure all of your kids trans and cis live and are able to grow up and be happy as their most authentic selves and to feel loved and cherished and cared for and cared about. And yeah. Uh, You know, and people are like, well, you know, there's no such thing as a trans kid. And I'm like, well, I know that's bullshit because I was one. Um, I was a trans kid. I didn't come out as trans until much, much later in life because, you know, I had experiences that made me tamp that shit down. And it is, it is flabbergasting and amazing and wonderful to actually be in the world as my authentic self now. And I do not regret it's it's funny because people are like, well, do you, do you regret not coming out earlier in life? And I'm like, well, no, not exactly. Um, there are things that I regret, but there are also a lot of experiences I've had that uh, had I come out earlier in life that I might not have had. So, mm. you know, it's kind of a, you know, we cannot know the road we didn't take. Right, and, right. You know, and that's that's just what it is, and it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, there, there's so much nonsense that gets talked about trans people. It's like, you know, the idea that there yeah. are no transgender kids. I'm like, uh, well, I was a kid. I am trans now, and you know what? Looking back at my life, looking back at my early life, like, yeah, there were definitely signs. Sorry. You know, sure. I had people sure. who knew me when I was a, you know, I've had people who knew me when I was a child um, say things like, well, you know, I, like, have you always felt this way? Like, I, you know, I don't feel like there were ever any signs. And I'm going, really? You don't? Because, um, I, I mean, okay, sure, you, you did not see any signs. Uh, 
okay. There, there are definitely things I can look at. It's not like, you know, they're not necessarily stereotypical signs, but there, there, there was definitely stuff where it's like, yeah, um, these were not the and thoughts and feelings of a boy. These are the acts and thoughts and feelings of a girl who doesn't know she's a girl. Wow. And that's, and I am totally stealing a line there from the uh, trans writer, Samantha Allen, who is absolutely amazing and wonderful. And I highly encourage you to go check her books out because she's just, she is hilarious and thought provoking and lovely all around. But oh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't know. Like, People get stupid about the whole trans thing. It's like, you know, seriously, nobody's trying to take anything away from you. You just want to be able to pee in peace and, you know, not get hate crimed and not yeah. have laws in, put into place by the same people who brought you the January 6th insurrection. Oh, jeez, truly. Well, and that's one of the things where I'm like, okay, you know, people who don't like trans people, all right, fine, you don't like trans people. I want you to look at the people who are on your side in this fight. Look Mm -hmm. at the, you know, Utah Republican legislature and the Ted Cruz's and Mitch McConnell's of the world. You know, look look at all of these garbage human beings. And you mm-hmm. kind of have to ask yourself, if these are the people who are on my side, what does that say about me? I know. I agree. But you know what, Tamsin? I have to ask you. Would you be Shoot. willing to come back on so we can t- – you know, we spent the whole hour talking about our <laughs> anger, obviously, and our frustration – Can I get you to come back on and we can talk about what it means to be a good ally and how that works? Absolutely. I would be delighted. I would too. Tamsin, I appreciate you so much. Likewise. Thank you. Oh, and as far as being a good ally, I will give you a sneak preview on, like, in one sentence, my, like, one of the biggest, most important things any of us can do, listen. Listen to the people yep. that you want to be an ally for. Listen to trans people. Listen to queer people. Listen to black people. Listen to brown yep. people and disabled people. And listen to all of these people, all of these communities that are marginalized in this culture. If you want to be an ally, listen. Yep. And that's going to mean listening to a lot of hurt. Yeah. But, you know, being an ally isn't about getting patted on the head and being told what a good girl or boy or non-binary person you are. Mm-hmm. Being an ally is about doing the work. It is an act. And it's like, yeah, it, it has to start with listening. Yep. And that there is, so that, that, that's my spiel. <laughs> That, that is part of my spiel <laughs> on allyship, which really should be called more accompliceship because allies are great, but what marginalized communities need even more is accomplices. 
Yeah, this is true. We need to talk about that. How to be a good accomplice. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I we're love gonna, it. we're going to call it. our we're going to title that our next visit. That is what the title of that show is going to be. I love it. We'll do that. Well, I I love you, and I wanted to thank you again. We are I, we did run a little bit over, but it's fine. I love talking with you. I think you're wonderful. Likewise. I appreciate you. And you're, you just, you also make me laugh. I mean, when we're serious, it's very serious, but you have a, an amazing sense of humor as well. And I guess it's just something we have to have just to make it through the day sometimes. But, Tamsin, oh, uh, I so appreciate you, and I thank you. And please thank your lovely partner, and and. I'm I'm just grateful you came on for the hour to hang out with me. I really appreciate it. It is always a genuine delight and pleasure. Thank you so much, Raina. And I look forward to doing this again with you. Yay! All right, my love. You have a wonderful night. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. You take care, my dear. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that is it for tonight. I will be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time with the amazing Stephanie Woodfield. So excited. She's never been on before, so that's going to be fun. Have a great night, everyone. Talk to you tomorrow.